It is Wednesday, October 28th. I am Trent Reinsmith, and this is another edition of the daily Come On Now MMA podcast. Today's topics, the UFC has Greg Hardy fighting during Domestic Violence Awareness Month, which is just a boneheaded move stacked, stacked on top of another boneheaded move of not investigating Mike Perry. Kevin Holland said he wants to be a company man for the UFC, and I say, never tell the UFC you want to be a company man. It's not going to pay off. I'll tell you why. What is going on with Bellator's roster? And the UFC pound-for-pound rankings are a a little weird. And now on with the show. Earlier today, I published a story on Bloody Elbow about... Dana White's history with um, victim blaming, victim shaming, ignoring, downplaying, whatever you want to call it, domestic violence. And he has a history of this, and I, I detailed that history, laid it out. He also has a history of being not very wise with how he books fights. He booked Greg Hardy in the past to face someone on the same card where Rachel Ostevich was fighting, and Ostevich is a domestic violence survivor. And now, this Saturday, Hardy will fight on the UFC Vegas 12 card. And if you know, October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And so, booking Greg Hardy, who is probably the most well-known of the folks who have been charged with domestic violence in the UFC during Domestic Violence Awareness Month is a boneheaded move, especially coming when Perry's ex-wife filed these um, allegations to MMA Junkie about what she went through while she was married to Perry. So the whole thing is just a a giant screw-up on the part of the UFC. And to make matters worse... When Perry's question, when the Perry, of, when the question of Perry was brought up, White kind of just blew it off and moved on. So he could have took the time, as which I said in the story in Bloody Elbow, he could have took the time to make himself aware of the situation. But I don't think that he did that, and I don't think there's going to be an investigation of Perry because, according to what White said at the press conference last weekend, she couldn't get a domestic violence. Um, a restraining order and I didn't have to look hard to find one woman who was killed a couple of days after she had filed a restraining order and the, the judge elected not to give her that restraining order and I was given a story from Bloody Elbow from not that long ago where a, another violate I think it was a violation of a restraining order led to someone getting murdered by a MMA fighter so all these people who are coming out of the woodwork and saying whatever about the legal system being a better judge the legal system is a terrible judge when it comes to domestic violence it doesn't work all the time and a restraining order and you can look this up in the New York Times a restraining order is guarantee of nothing um, because according to the law, and this is a Supreme Court ruling, the police do not have to do, do, the police do not have to defend you. 
only if certain things are met and just filing for a restraining order and getting a restraining order do not meet those requirements. So even if the restraining order was given and granted and was in effect, it doesn't mean much. Everybody that's saying, you know, let the law deal with it. Now, the law does not does not do a good job of dealing with domestic violence. It just doesn't. So the UFC should take the time to look into these allegations. MMA Junkie got the documents, so the UFC should be able to get the documents and follow up, do an investigation. To anything less is a failure to do its job. And I'm going back to what I said at the beginning of this, having Greg Hardy fight on a UFC card during Domestic Violence Awareness Month is just stupid. But not surprising. This might surprise you, but I am not a fan of any fighter saying they want to be a company man. I know that might sound crazy, but it's true. And so Kevin Holland said that in an interview with MMA Junkie, I take what they give me. I'm trying to be a real company man. So if they give me something, I try and take it. Actually, they tried to offer me full camps. And for some reason, I guess we were in the process of seeing how healthy we truly were, getting looked at and stuff like that. And they booked these those people against somebody else. So I missed out on those. So here I am back at it. And so he has a fight in with two weeks notice. And I think he's doing well this year, which is good for him. But when you do the favor for the UFC, don't think that that favor is going to be reciprocated. It's not. If you do a favor for the UFC and take a fight on short notice and come in overweight, tough shit. If you're on a losing skid and you take a fight on short notice and do a favor for the UFC, tough shit. The UFC does not have a history of giving as good as it gets. And when a fighter says that they want to be a company man, if you think you have a bargaining chip by being a company man or woman, you don't. You have lessened your bargaining power. Extremely lessened your bargaining power. Because you already had very little. And telling the UFC you'll do whatever it wants, what power do you have then to negotiate? Now they know they can take advantage of you. You've let them take advantage of you. Don't tell the UFC you're you're a company person and will do whatever they want and take whatever they want because they are going to take whatever they want from you and they're going to give you as little as they can. It's a bad, bad way to work, especially since you're not an employee, you're an independent contractor, and I understand the thinking that you'll get money if you work, but if you start losing, you could be out of a job. And then when you say, well, how about that time I did you a favor? They'll say, what did you do for me lately? You lost three fights in a row. What have you done for us lately? And your answer will be nothing. And then you'll be on the outside looking in. So while I understand the fighters who say these things think that it's going to benefit them, it absolutely is not. So don't lose whatever bargaining power you have 
by giving it away. Yesterday, there was an announcement that a long list of fighters were no longer under contract with Bellator. What was missing from that long list of names was the reason that they were no longer under contract with Bellator. So we don't know if these fighters were released. We don't know if they were retired. We don't know if they are in a negotiating period with Bellator. We really don't know anything except for the handful of fighters who had previously announced their retirement, such as John Fitch. So it's it was awkwardly worded and left a lot of people wondering what the story was. So hopefully after Thursday's fight, which is going to be have a great main event where Gegard Mousasi fights Douglas Lima for the middleweight title, Bellator president Scott Coker will clear that up for, for folks, I hope, because it was just, it was a lot of names and there was a lot of recognizable names and hopefully Coker will speak to that on Thursday. The UFC pound-for-pound pound rankings, it struck me as a little odd when they came out. And not that not odd because Habib Nurmagomedov was moved up to number one and John Jones dropped and Jones went, I don't know if he's still going off about it, but he definitely was salty about it. What struck me as odd was that, and I don't know why this is, but Jones was was number one pound for pound and dropped to number two, I believe. But he's ranked nowhere in the in in a weight class, which is strange, very strange. I mean, he was the light heavyweight champ. I don't know if he officially said he was moving up to heavyweight or, or if he's still kind of negotiating between heavyweight and light heavyweight with the UFC. I know he said that he was moving up, but... You know, Conor McGregor said he was retired too, and that that wasn't true. So it was a really weird thing to remove him from the light heavyweight rankings. Because, again, we'll go with Conor McGregor. He's in the rankings, and when's the last time he fought at lightweight? When Henry Cejudo said he was retired, I think he was removed from the rankings almost right away. But Nurmagomedov, who retired, is now the number one pound for pound. See, it's a really weird thing. And again, points to the fact that those rankings are useless and arbitrary and used by the UFC to weaponize it, the, the rankings against the fighters. Otherwise, Nurmagomedov would have been out of the rankings. Jones would have still been in some weight division and we, we would have moved on. But Nurmagomedov is number one in pound for pound. Jones is number two in pound for pound and not ranked at light heavyweight or heavyweight. And we don't know what's going on. And if Jones does move up to heavyweight, is he going to be put into the rankings as soon as he announces that he's got a fight booked at heavyweight? And if so, why? So again, I would implore the MMA media who are doing these rankings for the UFC, for nothing, to to just stop. It's, again, just... They're, they're being more used to pit fighters against fighters right now than, than anything else. And it's a really bad look for the UFC. And, and no one in the media should be willing to do that for the UFC. Just not, not great. And that's all I have for today. I will be back tomorrow. Everyone stay safe. <laughs>